my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Why everyone is wrong about the 2023 housing market crash. I know everybody wants it to crash, but what is going on? Is it uh, really going to crash or nah? So I want to break this down for you. We're going to talk about what is going on in the real estate market. It has to crash, right? Because rates are so high. We're going to talk about why it hasn't crashed. We're going to talk about what potentially could cause it to crash, if it will crash, the changes that you can expect. And if you're sitting on real estate, holding real estate, want to buy real estate, what you need to know, what you need to think about, and what you need to do. All right. So we're going to break all that down. It's going to be very entertaining and educational. Now, just to give you a background, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about money and freedom. They go together. You can't really have a lot of freedom if you don't have the money. As a matter of fact, this is a case that a lot of socialists and communists make is that without money, you don't have freedom, which is somewhat true. If you don't have money, how can you enjoy the freedom to travel, to move around, um, to you know, uh, change your health, things like that? So without money, your freedom certainly is limited. But the thing they have wrong is that Really what freedom does is it gives us the opportunity to go get the wealth. It gives us the freedom to have the opportunity to go make those changes. I have the freedom to have the opportunity to go travel. Whether I have the money or not, that's on me. But we talk about increasing your money. We talk about uh, increasing your money so you can protect your freedom. And today we're going to talk about it in terms of real estate because it's one of the biggest wealth generators in the United States and really the world for that matter. And there's a lot to dig in that a lot of people have wrong. So again, first of all, 
the real estate market has to crash, doesn't it? Now, I want to break this down for a second because this is a massive misconception. It's actually what we would call a bias. If you listen to me, you know that I talk a lot about mental models. So we all have mental models, whether we know this or not. And it's ways that we can sort of shortcut uh, our thinking process to see the world, to learn the world. So we have a mental model or maybe like a lens that we view the world through. And so each one of us have a different lens, which has been uh, built and developed uh, through our experiences, through our past, through our, uh, our learned experiences uh, and so forth. But we also suffer from biases that we a lot of times aren't aware of. Tony Robbins might call these chains of false belief, uh, which is one thing, but there's certain core biases that we have. And this one in particular is really hurting people. So we have biases that I think about, which would be like recency bias, which is whatever's been happening recently will just continue on. Or that's sort of like the Lindy effect, which is uh, whatever's been going on, whatever's been around the longest will continue to be there. Uh, we certainly have that. But this is one of the biases that we have. And uh, I think about well, Mark Twain's quote that he said, it's not the things that you don't know that get you uh, or cause you problems. It's the things that you absolutely know for certain. So since the Fed started raising rates two years ago now, Everybody said, as soon as the rates go up, when the risk-free rate, which is the rate that the Treasury or the Fed pays on the, on the uh, bonds, um, as soon as the risk-free rate goes up, stocks will have to adjust down. They have to. The PE ratios, or whatever, 21, 22% of the time, they're going to have to come down to 17, 8%. Stocks have to come down, but they haven't. They said when interest rates go up on mortgages, homes will become unaffordable, so home prices will have to come down. They have to. Here we are two years later, and they haven't. So what is going on? They have to. Stocks have to. Homes have to. Like Mark Twain said, it's the things that you know have to, absolutely for certain. But there's a lot more going on with this. They obviously haven't, so why is that? Why haven't we had a reset? Why haven't uh, home prices come down when we are at, you know, near uh, decades high interest rates, home unaffordability is at all time highs. Now, I've said from the beginning, again, if you tune in and listen to me over, uh, uh, quite often, you would hear me say this, that home prices don't have to come down. They don't have to. People will just buy smaller houses. You could have afforded a four-bedroom home in this nice neighborhood. Now you get a three-bedroom home in this mediocre neighborhood. You used to be able to buy a single-family home. Today, you can only afford a condo, right? So home prices don't have to. Nothing has to happen. You just buy a smaller house. But I want to look at some of this data. We're going to dig through data so you can understand this from a, like I said, a mathematical, a data-driven framework as opposed to this gut check that you just think the world has to work a certain way. So uh, we'll start off with this survey from Fannie Mae. 85% uh, of Fannie Mae survey participants believe it's a bad time to buy a home with housing affordability at its lowest level in 39 years and rents at record levels in many places. So let's break that down. First of all, housing affordability. So what's happened is because home prices haven't really collapsed, they've stayed about the same, but interest rates went up the house is unaffordable. You have to understand first off that people don't buy the house. They really buy a payment. So what that means is you want to buy a $300,000 house or a million dollar house, whatever that is for you. 
you're not buying, you're not, you're not coming up with 300 grand to buy the $300,000 house. What you're doing is you're buying a monthly payment. And so that's why the interest rate is the most important thing, which of course is why they say when interest rates went up, prices have to come down. So for example, the median income in the United States is about $65,000. That's like the average, the median. So at that median, if they say that you can put 40% of your income into the monthly payment, then you can only afford a certain a payment of, I don't know, whatever it is, I haven't done the math, $2,000. So at $2,000, if the interest is at 3%, you can afford a much more expensive home. But if the interest rate goes to 8%, you, have, you can only afford a lower price home. That's why they say they have to come down. But again, if you can only afford a $2,000 payment, Maybe you just buy a smaller house that that fits with. Now, what we have seen is that the unaffordability has gone up to record levels. And so just in the last three years, the monthly payment, the media, the monthly payment on the median home price is up over 50%, but your income hasn't gone up by 50%. So that makes it more unaffordable. House pricing has not, the median home price has not, has gone up faster than the median income levels. That's why it has to. Now, another thing that we are looking at is we do look at the rent to own ratio, and this has gotten out of whack for a lot of areas. And so what we see is that in a lot of areas, it's actually much cheaper to rent now than it is to buy. So typically when it's cheaper to rent, people rent. When it's cheaper to buy, people buy. This is sort of the surface level stuff that you already know about, but I want to dig deeper into this so that you can understand exactly where we're at. Now, I want to preface this, and we'll get into this. Um, I want to preface that I say it all the time. There is no such thing as, quote unquote, the real estate market. Instead, the real estate market is broken down into thousands of real estate markets, broken down into location, size, type, all types of factors. And we see this all over the place. As a matter of fact, on my Twitter, I'm sorry, not my Twitter. I'm locked out of my Twitter still. It's been three months. I'm dying over here. Elon Musk, if you're listening, I need my Twitter back. Um, on my Instagram, if you're not following me, you should check it out just at Mark Moss on uh, Instagram. But I put out this chart yesterday and it showed the top 40 indexes, home priced indexes in the United States. And it showed their month over month increase, their year to date increase, the year over year increase, how much they're down from its peak and where they are since March of 2020. So if you watch this, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put it up on the, um, on the video so you can see this or go to my Instagram and check it out. Uh, but what we see is if we look month over month, uh, or actually if we look year to date, so this is uh, 2023, since January until now, if we look at year to date, every single one of the 40 top 40 uh, markets in the United States is up except for one. And that is Austin, Round Rock, Georgetown, Texas. It's down 2.3%. If you're just tuned in, you're listening to the Mark Moss show, running through some of the latest information on money and freedom. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. Be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. 
So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And we're talking about why the real estate market has to crash. Actually, we're talking about why people think it has to crash, and it certainly hasn't. And we're letting you know what you should think about if you own real estate, want to own real estate, or are thinking about owning real estate. So uh, we're talking about how it really comes down to the power of the interest rates. Now, obviously, you probably already know this, and we've already kind of broken down why, but it's because you don't actually buy the house. You don't come up with the whole price of the house, the $300,000. You actually just buy the monthly payment. And you have to think about it like this. Most people don't really understand this, but um, we use money, dollars, to buy things, but we also buy dollars. So if you want to buy a $300,000 house, you need the three hundred grand. You have to go buy the three hundred grand. Well, how much does it cost to buy three hundred grand? Well, about 8%, 7.5%. And so what we can see is that as that price of money changes, it changes the payment. should be pretty easy to understand, but it's a different mental model to think about it. And what we see is that uh, since uh, just since 2012, we can see that the annual income needed to afford the median priced home in the United States went from 44000 and it's now at 114000 as of as of August, 114,000. Again, the problem is that the median income is only about 65,000. So that's a really big problem. Now, the reason why that unaffordability has changed so much is that if we look at the 30 year fixed rate mortgage, we can see that in um, like January of 21, it was about two and a half percent. And today here we are at seven and a half percent. Now we have to go back to about 2000, about the year 2000. Uh, and so it's been, you know, 23 years since we've seen interest rates that high. So this is what's causing this whole thing to happen. Now, 
Why has that happened? Well, you probably already understand that it's because the Fed has been raising rates at the fastest rate in history to slow down inflation. But the Fed funds rate is not what you pay on your mortgage. So what happens is the Fed sets the Fed funds rate, but the price of the mortgage is different based off of what the banks want to charge you. So we have like the Fed funds rate and then we have the prime rate. And so what we can see is that we can we can track those differently and somewhere in the range of typically 1% to 3% is the difference that the banks want to charge you on on that. Now, right now, we are at an extreme where the banks want to charge you a premium over what the Fed funds rate. Sometimes it comes down lower. So we definitely want to be looking at the Fed funds rate, but that's not the only thing that we have to be paying attention to. When things are, when we're in like an easy monetary uh, environment, then banks are more willing to lend out money. And so then um, that Fed funds rate, that spread, that premium will come down um, in times of higher risk when the banks are a little bit more concerned about it, that premium will go up. And so what we really want to do if we want to understand where home prices are going is we have to understand where the Fed funds rate will go and what the premium will be between the two. Now, right now, like I said, uh, we are sort of at this uh, really extreme end of that. Um, if we go back to, say, I'm looking at some of my charts here. If we go back to, say, you know, in, in 2006, 2007, before the 2008 crash, we were at a very, very uh, low spread. As a matter of fact, it was about one point. So in February of 2007, Fed funds rate was 5.2, 30-year fix was 6.2. But then all throughout um, the 2010 to 2016 range, when the Fed funds rate was basically at zero, so like in uh, 2010, for example, Fed funds rate was at zero, but the 30-year fixed was at 5%. Um, here we have uh, 2012, Fed funds still at zero, but it dropped down to 3.35%. Um, then we have it right here where it started really coming back together. 2019, Fed funds was 2.1 and and uh, 30 year was 3.6. So that really started to close up. And then it sort of blew out again. 2020, we went back to 0% rates. And the Fed funds were sort of at its lowest right around December of 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, the 30 year fixed at about 2.6. So we see this, this change wildly. So it's not just the Fed funds rate, but it's the, the difference between that. Uh, right now, uh, we're showing Fed funds rate 5.3 and 30-year fix is 7.6. So it's about a 2.3 spread. So we have to be aware of what the Fed funds rate is going, but also what that spread is doing. Those are two different numbers we have to look at. And we're going to talk about where those Fed funds rates are going in a little bit. Uh, so I'll let you know where there is. But there's other factors all right. There's other factors. Now, when we look at I'm gonna, the other factors are supply and demand. That's what it is. So we're going to break down supply and demand. A lot of people think the housing prices are going to crash because a bunch of supply will flood the markets. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I want to talk about the Case Schiller Home Price Index. So now we're getting into this bubble territory. So people say that because home prices are in a bubble, they have to crash. So if we look in 2008 or 2006, we were in a bubble um, on the Case Schiller Home uh, National Home Price Index. We see that we hit about 184,000 was like this medium in 2006, and today we're at about 311. Now. 
it peaked out in June of 2022, a few months after the Fed started raising rates and home prices started dipping the national average. So again, we it's not, there's no such thing as the market, but if we do average out the market, we can see that uh, the median price dropped from about 308 down to 293. So we took a little dip, but then they took back off and they went back higher again. And now that's confusing for some people, uh, but we have to kind of dig into some of the data and understand what's going on with that. But really, it all comes down to the supply and the demand. So we have the price, which is really determined by, uh, or I should say the price of the monthly payment, which is determined by the interest rate. And that's up to what the Fed is doing. But then we have the price of the home. So the, the Fed sets the price of the payment because of the price of the money. But the price of the home is being driven by in supply and demand. Let me just give you an example. If there was one home for sale in this neighborhood that everybody wanted, and there was 10 people that wanted to buy in that neighborhood, the price of the home would go up. Those 10 people would be fighting. They would be like an auction. They'd be fighting over the one single house. So the price would drive up. However, if there was 10 houses for sale, but only one buyer, then the home sellers would be competing. They would be dropping the houses lower, 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 lower until the one buyer would take their house. That's supply and demand. It's pretty easy to understand, but that's the mechanics of it. So right now we have a problem where we don't have enough houses for sale for the amount of demand that's there. Now you hear a lot of talk about a home recession and what they're talking about is the, the amount of homes that are actually for sale right now and the amount of homes being sold are at all time lows. So why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons why and I'm gonna break that down for you and I wanna tell you why that number could change and what I think is gonna happen with that number but I do have to take a very short break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about our real estate price is going to crash in 2023 or nah. <laughs> and we're looking at this from a data-driven um, approach and trying to get rid of our mental biases to look at the actual facts, right? We have to, we have to make decisions based off of not how we want things to be or how we think should be things should be, but actually as they are. So I'm going to break down this data, break down the facts. I'm going to explain it to you and let you know what you should be thinking, watching, and doing in the near future when it comes to real estate. So a whole lot to cover when I come back. Don't go away. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about our real estate price is going to crash in 2023 or 2024 or nah. <laughs> and we're talking about why everybody thinks they have to come down but yet they haven't. And if they will come down, what's going to happen from that? So we're looking at it from a data-driven approach. And uh, right now, we talked about the interest rate. We're going to come back to where I think the interest rate goes in the future. Um, but right now, we're talking about the supply and demand. So we know that the supply of homes for sale and the amount of transactions happening in homes is at all-time lows. If there's not a lot of homes for sale, then there's not a lot of transactions happening. Right? It's kind of, kind of easy to understand. So why would we see a change in those numbers? If, for example, the transactions stay low, but the supply increases really fast, then yes, that would drive home prices down. It certainly would. But we'd have to understand what would be the mechanism for that to happen. And would that happen nationally or would that happen in certain areas? So let's say, for example, in, uh, in a certain city, maybe a certain blue state that you live in, they decide to lock you in your homes again, sort of like we saw in 2020. Well, a lot of people might leave. And if a mass exodus happens and there's not enough people to buy those homes from the people exiting in that area, then those home prices could fall. But where do all those people go? Well, what we saw in 2020 is they all went to Florida and Texas. So then it pushed the prices of those homes up in Florida and Texas because there was now more demand. So you have to understand these mechanisms and you have to understand, again, there's no such thing as the real estate market. But let's look at what happens. A lot of people think that we are going to go into a recession and the recession is going to force homeowners to sell. That's what they think. So there's going to be this nationwide mass exit of homes because homeowners can no longer afford these payments. Now, let's break this down for a couple of things. First of all, are we going to have a recession? <laughs> this is a whole nother topic that we can talk about. I talk about it quite often. Um, 100% guaranteed. Yes, I guarantee you 100% we will have a recession. When is the question? When will we have a recession? More importantly, if we have, or I should say, when we have the recession, how will it work? Who will be affected? So for example, even in 2008, during the great financial crash, maybe it'll be that big, maybe it'll be bigger, maybe it'll be less, we don't know. But even in that one, not everybody was affected, right? A lot of industries actually did even better during that time. As a matter of fact, if you were renting homes, you did really, really well renting your home. There was lots of business sectors that did really, really well. Now, if you were in home building and construction and mortgage loans, for example, in some banking, it was a bad time, right? You were affected for sure. I was affected. I got crushed. I was in real estate. I was living in Orange County, California, the epicenter of the mortgage industry. So yes, we got, a, we got adversely affected here, but lots of people didn't. So even if or when we have the recession, will you be affected? Now, what happens is we make this mistake. Uh, there's a saying that generals always fight the last war. And because the last war was a housing crisis, we think this next one is going to be a housing crisis. I don't necessarily agree. But let's just say that we do have this uh, great financial crisis 2.0 happens again. Uh, we have this nationwide recession. Will there be a massive amount of homeowners forced to sell? Let's look at some data, some things you may not be aware of. So for example, 42% of US homeowners 
almost half of the homes in the United States have no mortgage. So if they have no mortgage payment, how are they going to be forced to sell? Are they going to be forced to sell and go rent? So they're going to have a payment when they don't have a payment right now? That doesn't make any sense. So right off the bat, about half of the homeowners <laughs> aren't going to sell. They're not going to be forced to anyway. They might want to sell. Again, back if uh, you know they're in a blue state and they get locked in the home, maybe they want to sell. But they're not going to be forced to sell based off a recession. All right, what else? We talk about, uh, and this is what's caught most people off guard, is when interest rates go this high, homeowners are going to be in a world of hurt. They're going to have to force to be sell their home. Well, 91%, so almost all of them, 91% of mortgage holders have an interest rate on their mortgage of less than 5%. So even though interest rates went to 8%, now they're in, seven, in the high sevens, they're not affected. 91% of people are less than 5%. 66% are under 4% and 26% are under three. Now we'll talk about where interest rates are going here in a little bit. Um, I think they're going to go back to zero at some point, probably this decade. Uh, spoiler alert. We'll talk about why, but if you have a 4% mortgage, you are going to fight like crazy to not lose that mortgage. Because if you do, you're going to have to go buy a new home at the whatever 7.6 that is today. And again, then you have to buy a smaller house. And so even if we have this recession, or I should say when, we will have a recession. When we have this recession, depending on how you're affected, you're going to fight like crazy to keep the house. Of course, you're going to keep your house above everything else. You're probably going to let go of your vacations and going out to eat, and you're not going to buy new clothes and all of those things, but you're going to want to keep your house. You have a mortgage payment under 4%, you're locked in. I'll take your house at 4%. So give it to me. Like people want that 4% rate because it's going to be lower than inflation. So now we have 42%, almost half of homeowners have no mortgage at all. 91% are under five, 66% under, under, under four. So those people are probably not going to add to a massive supply boom. So it's not going to happen. Now we can also see that supply is very tight. As a matter of fact, just last week, one of the Fed presidents, Kasharski, came out and said that we have a that it's structural underbuilding um, that broke the market. It's not the Fed. So what is he talking about? Uh, he's coming out and saying that it's the underbuilt number of units that we need to meet our growing population. That's the biggest factor in why home prices are up and not going down. Again, what he's saying is supply and demand. He's saying that we did not produce, the, the country as a whole, did not produce enough homes, so there's not enough supply to meet the demand that we have. So that's why he's saying that uh, home prices are not going down. And that's exactly what we're seeing. As a matter of fact, uh, we've only been building, well, we've been underbuilding single family residences now since 2010. So about 13 years now. And what we're witnessing at the same time as we've been underbuilding the single family homes for the last 13 years, we have this massive tidal wave of baby boomers coming on board. Now, we, the baby boomers are sort of like this echo boom. So the baby boomers are the largest segment of our population but they had kids. And so the baby boomers are now the second largest segment of the population, and they're all turning 35 right now. So they're all going to need, need to be buying homes. 
So how is that going to work when we have this massive demand coming in and we have a undersupply, uh, under we have a shortage of supply? Now I know the arguments, Mark. Mark, come on, you don't understand. The baby boomers can't afford to buy homes. Um, you know they're still living in their parents' basements. Uh, minimum wage isn't paying high enough. I get it, right? I get it. I get it. But some of them can buy homes. I know plenty of people that are under thirty-five that are making six and seven figures. So there's certainly people that can buy that. And because the supply is so low, we don't need a lot of demand, right? We have almost half the people have no mortgage. They don't want to sell. We have uh, 91% that have amazing mortgages at, at uh, historical lows. They don't want to sell. And so even if there's not a massive man, even if all baby boomers can't buy, the few that can could continue to gobble up the limited supply that we have. Now, on top of that, on top of the millennials, we have the institutional demand. Now, the institutional demand, these are the black stones and stuff like that have been buying up. And we can see that uh, these, uh, what we'd call smart money, started accumulating houses at massive scale in 2020 and 2021. And they're projected to grow their market share by eight times in just the next seven years. So there's been massive demand from the institutional side because they understand, one, that people need houses to live in, surprise, surprise, and they want to continue piling into that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, we're talking about uh, will real estate prices crash in 2024 or nah? <laughs> we're breaking it down from a data-driven approach so you can just get rid of your mental biases and you can understand. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, I got to take a quick break, but I'll be right back with what is going to happen with the real estate markets. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about are real estate prices going to crash or nah? <laughs> Everyone thinks they have to come down because of mortgage prices being so high, mortgage rates being so high, but of course they haven't. And we're, we're breaking that down as to why. Now, we're talking about supply and demand. Of course, supply and demand drives all prices. And we talked about how uh, Fed President Kasharsky was saying that it's a problem of structural 
underbuilding. We haven't been building enough homes for the last 13 years. And so the demand has been outstripping the supply. We can see this. I talked about the millennial boom. Uh, they're all turning 35. They all want to start buying houses. We have more demand. The demand is outstripping supply. On top of that, we have institutional demand, Blackstones, et cetera, the smart money. They've been buying houses at massive scale since 2020, 2021, and they're not slowing down. As a matter of fact, they're projected to grow their market share in, in real estate by eight times in the next seven years. So we have continued demand from the institutional side, continued demand from the millennial boom, and we have a continually shrinking in supply. Uh, we talked about the math as to why the people that have homes do not want to sell them. Now, I get it. You're going to say, but Mark, 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 you don't understand. These people can't afford homes. They can't afford homes. The millennials can't afford homes. Well, some can, but the government wants to continue to make it easier and easier for you to do that. So when you think about they have to come down, do they? What if the Fed just said, you know what? We're going to give everyone a 50% uh, down payment on any home you want to buy. Just it, go buy any home you want. We'll give you 50% down payment. Would that change things? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but you have to start to think outside the box because the government is going to do things to keep the markets going. Now, I know that one sounds pretty crazy and maybe we won't get there, but you have to stop and ask and, and stop thinking it can't happen because we're seeing government programs. So, for example, Fannie Mae government just introduced a 5% down payment for multifamily properties. Now, if you're young, if you're just getting started, you're in your 20s, you're a millennial, something that you should heavily consider, what I did when I was in my 20s, was buying a multifamily property. You can buy a two, three, four unit property. Anything under four units is, is still considered like a residential property. Anything over four is now commercial. So you could buy a four, uh, fourplex or a threeplex, triplex. You could live in one of the units and you could rent the others out. By living in one and renting out the other two or three, that could probably make your mortgage payment for you. So now, not only do I uh, have a reduced mortgage payment or no mortgage payment, now I have a building that I'm getting one appreciation on, two tax deductions on, and three, my tenants are paying it off for me. Now, typically, like I said, this is a great plan. This is what I did when I was younger, what I'd recommend most people to think about doing. But typically, you would have to come up with a much bigger down payment on that. Typically, you would need at least 15 to 25% of the property's price as a down payment. And that's been prohibitive for a lot of people. You can buy a single family home for you know 10% or maybe 5%. But to do this multifamily, you need 15 to 25%. Well, Fannie Mae just changed the rules. And they have now introduced a 5% down payment opportunity for multifamily homes. So now you can go get the two, three, four bedroom uh, unit property at 5%, just like a regular single family. Do you think that increases the demand or reduces it? Obviously, it increases the demand. If more people can afford to buy these homes, more people will buy them. And so whenever you think that, oh, but you don't understand, people can't afford the down payment. Well, okay, they just changed the rules and now people can afford the payment. RFK Jr. is running for president right now. I don't think he's probably going to win, but he's running on a, on, a, on a campaign to win. And he's running on a campaign to actually change this as well. As a matter of fact, what he wants to do, if, if he's elected, is he wants to bring back a 3% mortgage. So he wants to level the economic playing field, if you will, and come out with a um, plan to allow Americans to get uh, working class Americans, as he calls it, to allow them to buy a home. 
he said that there's been a shift in wealth, uh, you know, since 2020 from the working class to the super wealthy. The average annual wage is $5,000 less than the cost of basic human needs. And what he wants to do is he wants the government to create a new program, if he's president, to allow people to buy a home uh, for 3%. Now, if he makes it easier to buy homes, do you think more people buy homes? Yes, of course. And so every time you get in this thinking that, oh, no, prices have to come down because no one can afford it. Well, what if they just make it affordable? What if prices just come down? What if the government just assists you like they have? Now, another thing that you get thinking about is like, again, no one can afford these homes. No one can afford to put all this money down. No one can afford these new payments. Well, there's another thing that you haven't thought about. Existing homeowners could still buy them. So if you've been out of the real estate game, it's hard to get in. This is why you have to get in. <laughs> because if it's hard to get in now, imagine how much harder it's going to be to get in in three years and five years and eight years. You're only getting further and further behind. <laughs> it's not going to be easier in the future. You're only falling further behind. So if you have an if you're an existing homeowner, when you sell your home, you can take the equity from that home and put it down on the other home. So if you're moving, right, home equity helps offset the increase in the purchasing price. In the second quarter of 2023, the total number of mortgage residential properties with negative equity decreased by 6%. All right. So that's with negative equity. What that means is almost all the homes today have equity. If you bought a home from the second, uh, if you bought a home from before like 2022, you have equity in your home. U.S. homeowners with mortgages gained an average of $13,900 quarter over quarter, accounting to a collective increase of $800 billion or a 5.2% gain in home equity. So homeowners are gaining equity. They're gaining 5% of their home equity, $800 billion uh, of equity they've gained in this period of time. Now, this increases in some of these other areas that have gone up by more, obviously. But so these people have equity. They can afford to buy down the price. So for example, they go buy this $500,000 house. They don't have to pay the payment for the $500,000. They can afford to put, I don't know, $200,000 down. So they're in a much better position. And again, like I said, almost every house today has equity in it. So you have to think through all these variables. Let's just right, rack them off again. Um, one, home prices have to come down. Do they? Because they haven't. So that's factually been wrong. Uh, well, they have to come down because people can't afford them. Well, people can just buy smaller houses. Uh the price is set by supply and demand. Well, there's no supply coming on and there's more demand coming than there is supply. There's more demand coming because we have the baby boomers. Uh, there's more demand coming because we've structurally underbuilt according to what the Fed is saying. Um, and so we're seeing those things. Now, what about uh, people affording these homes? People can't afford them. Well, governments are putting new programs into place to make them more affordable. Uh, in the new homes, for example, they're buying the rate down for you. So, for example, you're going to go buy a brand new home, a track home, and the payment's going to be 7.6%. They're like, oh, we'll just buy it down. We'll get you a 4.5% rate. We'll buy it down. So, we're starting to see all these types of programs. So, I understand people's thinking. What they should say is if nothing changes, then maybe the price would come down. But to say they have to come down without saying if nothing changes, because things change. 
people just buy the rate down, the government comes out with these new, new programs or whatever it may be. Now, again, I just want to hit on one more time that there is no such thing as the real estate market. In my area that I live in, in Southern California, homes are up 6.3% year over year, 6.3%, not down, they're up. But again, affordability is by area. Overall, we have not seen a market crash. I don't expect to see a market crash. What I do expect uh, per Janet Yellen at the Treasury is I expect rates to come back down. I think the Fed has already signaled there's no more rate hikes. I expect rates to come back down. I expect rates to be much lower in the next two years. And I expect home prices to be up by 50% in the next three to five years. The Fed is going to print so much money, it's going to make our eyes bleed and home prices and asset prices will be going up with it. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next three, six, nine months. I'm pretty confident that home prices are up 50% from now in the next five years. And so if you're thinking long-term, that's the play. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, uh, is real estate going to crash or not? Nah? <laughs> we broke down the data. Hopefully that made sense. If you missed any of it, go check it out on the podcast. Just search Mark Moss Show on any of your favorite podcast players. And that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 